What's up, everybody? This is Alex with Swamp Rat Fishing, and this is Bass and Brews. Tonight, we've got an awesome episode with Lockwood Fishing. We're going to be going over jigs, jigs, and more jigs, and we're going to throw in a little bit of tidal water fishing in also. Uh, before we get started, first up, uh, hit me up over at Instagram. I've got three stickers out right now, the OG logo, the Skull logo, and the Bass and Brews podcast logo. $2 a pop. Hit me up uh, there, or you can email me at swampratfishing at gmail.com. Also, before we start, I want to talk about Hookset Hoodlums. Everybody knows them. If you don't, you need to recognize. Exactly. We're committing underwater robberies on a daily basis. Make sure you guys check them out. They've got sick original merch. This is not the normal stuff that all these whack fishing teams have. So you head over to them. It's www.hooksethoodlums.com. And use Swamp Rat Fishing, all one word, to save yourself some money. And for this podcast, we've got Cape May Brewing Company, Coastal Evac. Um, we've had this one before. Not trying to get fully bass and brew tonight because tonight we have Lockwood Fishing. This guy, from the time that I've known him, and we've only known each other maybe for four months, give or take. This guy is a wealth of knowledge. Yeah. Um, and he's super humble about it, and we want to get out of him. And the only reason I'm not going full bass and brews is I literally have a notepad here. I encourage you guys to write down this information. If not, uh, on this video, you're going to see that I have chapters laid out as we cover each topic. Watch the whole thing through. Listen to the whole thing. Come back to this video, and you can hit each topic. So we've got Cody here, Lockwood Fishing. What's Brother, up? how are you today? Good, man. How are you? I I'm ain't drinking. Wonderful. I got iced tea, man. I hope that'll do. Is it is it sweetened or unsweetened? Half a cup or a cup of sugar to a gallon. Come on, bro. Not come on. No, Not come even sugar. on. Simple syrup, son. Come on. Dude, we're already going to start off on a bad foot. You can't be putting all that in there. <laughs> <laughs> all right man tell us a little bit about yourself when did you start getting into fishing oh man as a young young man but not even man as a kid my 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 grandparents my dad's grandparents had a small working farm in pennsylvania with a pond on the back paddock and it was traditional you know dig up some night crawlers put it under a cork and you know get a get a, a cane pole or a piece of bamboo and um catch whatever was in the pond right progressed from that um to you know perch fishing and shit like that here in maryland here on the chester river and then you know catching perch with shad darts on ultralights you would catch bass and that's what sparked my interest in bass fishing so from that you know progressed to you know rubber worms and rubber worms on ultralights and, you know, and then the progression just kind of continued. And then I got to fishing with an old head here by the name of Jesse Dixon. And he got me into fishing jigs. And I want to say I was maybe 15, 16, something like that when I started wow. fishing the jig. And, you know, they were primitive at best back then. You know what I mean? Um, very little as far as skirt and weed guard goes, and really the big, the big, the biggest thing for trailers back then was the old Uncle Josh pork rinds, salt pork, pork rinds, right? And shit like that. So, you know, hence the 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 the, the terminology pig and jig. 
and I still call it a pig and jig to this day. If you ever, you ever hear me call it a pig and jig, that's what I'm, that's what I'm referring to. But, um, and, uh, you know, they, it, it just changed, really didn't change because I really didn't have anything to compare to outside of rebel worms. But, um, you know, just the, just the quality of fish you catch on a jig, you may not catch as many, but you definitely catch the bigger, harder to catch fish, I think, I think on a jig. So I think the jig and, and what's awesome and why I have you on and why I've got you on is uh, people that follow me know that I like to set these goals. I like to set these, uh, these kind of goals for the year, right? So last year was the swim jig this year. It's the jig. I want to learn this jig. And uh, I've been poking you for as much information as I can. And uh, like, you've got a lot to give out and I, I, I can't wait. Uh, for us but but if you guys don't follow him um he's over on instagram at lockwood fishing um and then you kind of got a youtube channel going on as well too right add a little bit man it's just something i fuck around with nothing i've really put my energy into if i, I get you. something i think is interesting i'll put it on my youtube channel but i don't get any views so like i said i really don't waste my time with it too much i know i need to focus some more energy into it but it's all i can do to keep up with fucking instagram so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely follow him on instagram this guy um he's got great posts great uh, big personality that come through with your stories and your posts uh but but then it, it's like you drop these little nuggets in there and that's why i'm happy to have you on here because we're gonna get all these nuggets tonight <laughs> so 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 you mentioned you use the jig you're using the jig because I know it gets a bigger fish, but is there any other reason on why you're picking up a jig over another style of bait? <sighs> I think it's more versatile. I think it's the most versatile lure in your tackle box. And, you know, this this isn't it's some great fucking tidbit of information. Anybody that uses a jig knows that you can fish it at any depth, pretty much any speed you want. <laughs> Um, you know, you can bottom fish with it. You can fish at mid level with it. You know, I've even caught fish ripping it across the top, right? <clears throat> and caught fish with them, or just doing a nice steady retrieve, two, three foot foot below the water. Especially if you have a trailer on it, something that moves and displaces water. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's you know, it's it's a uh, it's a super versatile lure. And I, if if it were to be, if I had to choose one lure, I would choose a jig just for that reason. I, I think with you saying, like anybody who's fished it, I, I will say somebody who, who didn't start bass fishing until 2016, um, dude, the jig is intimidating. And and I think some of the intimidation on it, it does seem, I, I think a lot of folks make it more complicated than it actually is. But then there is like a nuance to it. And there is. And there's a new, well, there is. You know, specifically with people like us who don't fish off a bass boat platform where we're sat down mostly. Mm -hmm. So our, our style and technique is, I don't, I don't want to say pigeonholed, but it's, and I don't want to say restrictive, but it's more of dragging. It's more of a dragging technique. Right. So, you know, with that, you know, you, you know, unless you're on a bass boat platform, something where you can stand up and and pitch in the areas and present a more vertical presentation, which mm -hmm. you can do in a canoe or kayak beings. You can stand up in it. And you, unless you can like pitch in the cover and shit like that, you're, 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 you're retrieving your jig instead of 
Now you're digging it, you're bouncing it as it comes back. Right. You know, at times. But as far as like the pros do, getting up to a spot, pitching it in and presenting that straight up and down vertical presentation, you're very limited to that. So I don't know where I was headed with that. So, yeah. So, you know, with, with style, as much as style goes, you know, you're, 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 you're retrieving that, that lure, that jig back to you. And, and my favorite way to do it is, is to drag it, drag it along the bottom. Now you see guys and I see guys, I see a lot of guys that are fishing a jig and, and this, you know, this is going to just go to with what trailer you have on it. So if you have a crawfish trailer on it, See, so you got a lot of guys on YouTube and shit like that. I see them fishing the jig, and they got that rod tip high, which is is wrong. It's wrong anyway. You got to keep that rod tip. You know, you got to keep that rod tip in the strike zone because if you have it high, but mm-hmm. we'll get. I'll segue back into that because there is a time and a place for that. But you got to keep that rod tip in the strike zone. And I see the guys. You know, they're fishing the jig with a crawfish trailer, and they're doing all this shit with the rod tip. <laughs> And it's like, what the fuck? Do you have a spastic fucking crawfish on there? How many crawfish <laughs> do you see that act like that? Fucking let that, drag that motherfucker across the bottom. Let it bounce. If you want, pop it. Do the undulating, boop, boop, boop. And mm-hmm. then let the motherfucker sit there again. If you've ever watched a crawfish, he's not sitting there doing this shit in the fucking water. Now, right. now not saying that I haven't done that at times in stained and or muddy water and have not caught fish. But for the most part, you want that fucking thing to look as real as fucking possible. And that thing sitting there being spastic, it's not fucking looking real. Crawfish don't fucking act spastic. They move across the bottom. They kick up dirt. They always kick up dirt when they move, especially when they take off. So remember that. And uh, they swim with an undulating motion like a shrimp or anything else. You know, they pump that tail. Which hey, break that, that down again. Break that down again. What, what you said about how they they kick up dirt before they launch is that what you said? Well, when they launch, they always yeah. kick up dirt because that tail, you know, when they launch, that tail goes like that, mm-hmm. which kicks up a cloud of dust. Watch any video on it. I don't care what kind of bottom they on. If it's muddy, hard, it doesn't matter. They're still kicking it up. So you want to remember that because you want to. You know, you want to, when you do jerk it up off the bottom, you want to, you know, do it kind of in a way I can't really describe it, but you want to make sure that you drag it a little bit. So it pulls up a little bit of berm, I guess you would say you drag it a little bit and then you pop it. And what, what that does, and I've watched it do it in clear water, it'll kick up a nice little cloud of fucking dust, dirt, whatever it is on the bottom, which to me makes it more realistic. I was about to say, we we had a conversation um, to that one, I I think. So we were talking about, I was, from what everything that I've seen is there's a lot of, uh, a lot of guys will just, I mean, they're using the rod tip, right? They're using the rod to impart all of the action. And you were telling me like, no, use your reel to impart that. So maybe kind of. I use a cadence on my reel to impart mm -hmm. the action. Because, and I'll tell you why. Because if you're, and this is just me, Alex. This yeah. is just me. But I'll tell you why. If you use a lot of tip, especially with the big fish, you're going to miss that fucking bite. Right. And I'll tell you why you miss the bite. Because if you're doing a lot of movement, you're not going to feel that tap. If you're using a cadence a cadence on your rod, mm-hmm. you have very little rod or on your reel. You have very little rod movement. 
and you're more prone to feel that cat bite than you are if you're fucking doing a lot of movement with your rod. Now that and goes it, that goes to sensitivity of rod line right. and all that all that shit. But and this is just me. I use a cadence. Not saying I don't pop it with the rod because when they're really worked up, you know, I'll do a double rip, and you got to do that. I'll do a, a quick double rip pull and just mm-hmm. let that thing sit back down. But for the most part, I use a cadence on my reel to, for my retrieve. I think um, I just lost it. Ah! Um, <laughs> I, okay, so so I think that's important because I the bite. And I think we go back to again, where you, where I was like, Oh man, you learned it so early that bite. So, so I've only caught one fish disclosure on a bottom jig. It happened today. Um, and it was a crappie. So that doesn't even really count. But, um, like when you're fishing a worm, you're, you're going to see them engulf that bait. They're going to hold that bait. They're going to swim off with it. Swim off and I feel it. like it can be super intimidating for folks because a jig bite, we hear it all the time, is that soft, subtle kind that of thump. Very soft, subtle. You, when you feel that tap, cross that motherfucker's eyes. Right. No three-second rule. No waiting for the swim off. None of that bullshit. It's, I set the fucking hook on everything. I'm, I'm yeah. not even going to sit here and lie to you. I, I mean – not everything. I, I mean, I by now I know the difference between hitting timber or whatever. But you feel that slight tap cross his fucking eyes because nine times out of ten, it's a big fish. And you got to remember, you got to stay in that big fish mentality. That big fish, he ain't hard pressed. He ain't chasing shit. He's not fucking pursuing. He's mm-hmm. finding a spot. He's posting up nine times out of ten. You're bringing that thing right in front of his face or hitting him on the fucking head with it. Now, if you feel it get thumped or or railroaded or anything like that, it's usually a bully fucking schooly or, you know, uh, an immature fish because they're, you know, they're packed up, schooled up, swimming around, eating anything and everything. That big fish, he ain't going to do that. And that tap you feel is just that big fish opening his mouth and, Mm -hmm. you know, within inches of your lure. And just, you know, creating, I guess you would call a sinkhole or whatever, or a suction. And that thing is just going in. And all you're feeling is it hit the inside of his mouth or the top of his lip or his tongue or whatever. You're not feeling shut his mouth on it. He's not biting it. He's just, she is just trying to fucking swallow it. Set fucking cross his eyes. Don't fuck around. I I, I will say, I'm doing this thing because I've really been... um... I mean, I've been hitting hard the last couple of months, but really like the last like three weeks, like primarily picking up the jig, talked about it on Instagram. I've talked to you about it. Um, even today where all I caught was a crappie, I felt like I learned a crap ton. I was throwing that Beast Coast Hustler in three eights, the black and blue, but then I was also throwing the white one mm-hmm. in seven sixteenth, mm-hmm. a little mm-hmm. smaller. And I, I was kind of working it and I could feel the bottom structure and cover better and exactly what you said where you said you don't set on everything because you start to learn the timber i could start to feel like oh that's not really a bite that's just the bottom and that's important that's what you want you want to be able to feel constant contact with the bottom you know what i mean you want to keep it at a pace and at a cadence to where Mm -hmm. you feel that jig you know just going across that bottom and you'll feel it come up you'll feel it hit something You'll, you'll know, you know, with any experience, you'll know its structure of some sort. You'll feel it. 
And then you just kind of pull your rod tip up and get it over and let it get through and let it work through there. But constant, con- I found, this is mm-hmm. just me, constant contact with the bottom for me is key. I don't care if those fish are top oriented, mid depth oriented. I don't care where they're oriented. They're fucking going to fucking come after that thing. I, I, I was about ready to ask that. So, um, so, so you're, you think that no matter what, with that thing dragging on the bottom, yes, that's yes. still going to trigger them. That, yes. That's going to draw their yes. gaze from, you know, suspended guys are the ones yes. that are super up top. You think no matter what, now, something you working know, down below them. Unless we're in super deep water depths, without, which I never in. I'm, I'm never in anything. You know, my ideal depth is 10 foot, 15 right. foot at the deepest. That's anything it. past that, it's a different ball game. Mm-hmm. But yes, I do. And, I, and I'll tell you my theory on that because I don't know if you've ever watched little fish or bait fish, mm-hmm. but if you see something that disturbs the bottom, that kicks up mud or dirt or something like that, with that, with that comes little, you know, microscopic things out of oh, the I fucking bottom saying. that little fish feed on. Mm-hmm. Little fish feed on that. Little fish attracts big fish. I like Follow that. Big. That's. I, I like that. that so, so so that helps me with that's just my I, theory, Alex. <laughs> no, 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 no. That that dude, that puts it in my head great because I've always had an issue with the jig and I never picked it up before is because somebody talks about cross, right? Fuck man, I've never seen one in New Jersey. I know we've got them, maybe, but I've never seen one. I've lifted up rocks, I've never seen one. So me in my lizard brain trying to be like, oh, hey, I'm I'm working as a crawfish. That doesn't work for me. But you, exactly what you said, kicking up that dust, drawing in other bait fish, like me for me and maybe some other anglers, like bait fish oriented is kind of where my head goes to. And that is a perfect example. And that really kind of clicks for me there. I really like that, that it would help draw that whole circle of life. Little fish gets eaten by bigger fish, by bigger, by bigger, by bigger. Correct. And um, again, that's just my theory. But and here's the thing. And again, this is just my theory. Bass are pre I, and I, not a theory. This is pre, bass are pre-programmed to eat fucking crawfish. Right. So whether whether you have crawfish in your body of water or not, it does not fucking matter. They're still going to fucking eat it because they're they're you know, they're they're, they're pre-programmed to do that. Right. <laughs> um, you know, uh, the the the. Chester River has a lot of crawfish. The private spot that, that I fish has a lot of crawfish. It's definitely a part of their diet. Mm-hmm. It's not their main staple, but it's definitely a part of their diet. But again, the whole kicking up fucking, you know, shit on the bottom. Again, that's just my theory. I could be completely off there. No, man, that, I mean, even more now that you said it. So like River X and we've talked about it. River X is a tidal river, right? And it's a, uh... I, I'm telling you, I've never seen a crawfish there, but I have seen a crap ton of bluegill and a shit ton of crappie. And I've seen them, those crappie, those crappie where I fish at are like the primary forage, but also the primary fish. Right, and they right. act like bass almost. They're they're like dug into stuff. They're moving stuff around. But sure. anytime I see them, you know, bust up something, I'll cast normally a flick shake worm in there sure. and I'll be able to pull a bass. No problem. Sure, sure. But. But but you're you're absolutely like a jig would work the same way because it's replicating some kind of animal, some kind of disturbance that's keying them in on Correct. hey, pay attention, this might be food. Correct. And and like I've said before, and I'll say it again, there's not there's not a far difference. There's not there's not a there's not a huge gap 
in between a rubber worm and a jig. There's just not right. presented almost exactly the same way. It's retrieved almost exactly the same way. So, you know, for, for you to say you're intimidated by the jig, it's no different than what you're already doing with the fucking rubber worms. Right. You're just not used to not producing the numbers of fish that you're, that you're used to with the rubber worm. You, you know, you're going to call through 50 fucking dinks before right. you get a big one. Uh-huh. The, the jig is just not like that. I mean, you, yes, you, especially on your trailers, you're going to get contact with crappy and bluegill and shit like that. Yeah. They're going to, but you're not going to catch 50 fucking dinks on a jig. It's just not going to fucking happen. Right. So when, when would you not throw the jig? Right now. When, right now. Post spawn. Getting not. into summer. You're, you're in Maryland. So you're getting. I'm, well, this time frame right now. So I, so it's, I guess it's kind of like post spawn, but I that big fish I caught the other day was spawned out, mm-hmm. and then Derek caught one the day not the day after, but the next day it still had eggs. But right now, and I don't care how small of a jig I got, I I still do know throw it, but it's not my go-to right now. Okay. I'm throwing very small plastics, right. very small rubber worms, flip tails, mm-hmm. and uh, cream worms, three and okay. a half inches, four inches tops fine wire hooks you know something that's not making a big splash when it's hitting the fucking water mm-hmm. um also the water's super clear right now because we haven't had rain in fucking months now we had some last night i'm so gonna that- say we had some last night because i went out today and it was chocolate soup i i didn't go on the river today i went on uh, a local lake but it was chocolate soup everywhere yeah so right i mean and that could change things, but right now, for this couple weeks, small time frame, right now, mm-hmm. I'm almost strictly throwing fucking very small, very finesse soft plastics. I mean, I have finesse jigs, and I will throw them, but my confidence lies and always has lied in this time frame, this small window right now, in a small finesse soft plastic. I like fine it. wire I like hook, it. fine yeah. wire hook, nothing big, no big wide gaps. You know, nothing like that. Small, slow, and methodical. Keep beating up a spot. I don't care if you've hit it 20 fucking times. Hit it 20 more times. Because that postponed fish, you got to think of it like a uh, a woman that's just given birth. She don't want to fucking eat when she's just spit that fucking baby out. She right. might want a snack. She might want a snack, but she wants that snack. She wants that snack brought. And I'm not saying this from experience because I ain't never had kids, but I know (laughs) she wants that snack brought to her in fucking bed. You know what I mean? She don't want to go roaming around for that snack. She wants that snack presented to her and brought to her in bed and not to be overwhelming. So that's kind of my mindset on how I deal with big fish. So post pond would be the only time you're not fishing it. Are you still fishing the jig in the summer and the winter? I mean, I know so, fall it's going to go. I know pre-spawn it works. Winter, for the most part, people say a jig. Yeah, yeah. So right now, this two, two and a half weeks right now, I like, I don't know what you call it. It's 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 a post-spawn, but it's mm-hmm. not because there's right. still fish with eggs. So I guess we could call it a post-post-spawn. I don't know. But right now, this this small time frame, this next two to three weeks, again, I will still throw a jig, but it's not what I go to. It's not what I throw first. Gotcha. I stick to small, very subtle, 
very small soft plastics, small soft plastics, nothing over four inches, no big fat Senkos. And I'm not saying they won't catch. Oh, no, I'm sure they will, but not the the, the big. That big big fish I caught on Sunday, I caught mm -hmm. a three and a half inch culprit or four inch culprit, green on green flip tail. That is no bigger round than a fucking, I don't even know what to compare it to. But it's, you know, in diameter wise, it would be less than half the size of any one of your standard Senkos. Right. Flip tail though, flip tail though. But a very long, subtle flip tail, not not a tight curled flip tail, not nothing that's going to displace a lot of water. You know, so a very long, subtle, the, the tail itself is longer than the the part of the body. Right. So it, it gives it a nice little soft water displacement, nothing really flashy. And um, yeah, so, you know, next two or three weeks, I'm predominantly throwing finesse soft plastics. Yes. All right. Th- this is completely off of our script i got a question for you so so that got me thinking so because you're absolutely right the, the spawn that works through it's it works through on multiple you know what i mean fish are at multiple stages where do you think the biggest fish are at do you think they're the first ones like those big ones right the big do, ones do, do you think the they're at the start the big ones off the nest go as deep as they can they i found mm-hmm. i don't just i could be totally wrong but i found the biggest ones off the nest <laughs> that are interested, somewhat interested to eat, they're mm-hmm. going to find deep spots. That fish I caught the other day was in eight foot. Okay. Um, so I I focus on, you know, deeper holes, um, shelves, something that has access to a deep. <clears throat> I don't ask me the science behind it, but this, w- this window we're in right now, every big yeah. fish I've ever caught has been in deeper let's say deeper water six foot eight foot of fucking water and i was about to say that's relative to whatever body of water you're on right because it's feel relative like, yeah yeah yep, yeah because yep. i mean both me and you fish very similar styles of water my river is very much similar to yours in that deep is a very relative term Correct. where Correct. i don't get much deeper than 10 feet Correct. and i think yours is the same way and i get as shallow as when i tried to go oh, out boy. today and it took me Dude, dude, today, I was so stoked to go out to that river, right? I was like, the full moon just happened. Like, it's going to be on. I'm going to be able to stick them. I'm also an idiot and didn't realize the full moon just happened, which means the low tide, which is what I was trying to go at at 7.15 this morning, was an extreme low, right? Because you get that super high, right? So, yeah, it was the mean low. And, dude, it was like 75, maybe 80 yards of like hip high mud i was gonna have to trudge through to get to the water i was so pissed i had to go to the lake today instead of the river well you know as far as high and low tides go i like i prefer i prefer the very bottom of the low okay the incoming for many reasons it condenses the fish also say you're in a body of water that you're not familiar with you're able to see things on a low tide that you wouldn't necessarily see on a high tide. So it gives mm-hmm. you visual access to structure. Um, I think they feed harder on an incoming tide. I don't know the science behind it. Yeah. Just, my, just me. I think they feed harder on an incoming tide. And like I said, it, it condenses the fish. You know what I mean? If there's a big flat, 
and there's water on that flat, they could go up and be anywhere on that fucking flat. If the tide's low and there's not water on that flat, you know, it condenses them into that shelf or that, that, that channel or, or, you know, Mm -hmm. or to the little eddy that goes up around the bank or whatever. So I like a low tide. I'll fish a high tide, but I prefer a low. I prefer the very bottom of the low and the incoming is what I prefer fishing wise. I'm with you on that before I was definitely like a, a low or a high to like, like a dropping tide, right? Like an ebbing tide is, is, is what I was into until I kind of sat and I thought about it. And I think we actually had a conversation about it. And I was like, Hey, this is Alex with Bass and Brews. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. So easy, Paul can do it. So the low tide, I've got a lot of uh, docks, a lot of docks Mm -hmm. where I'm at. That low tide is so money because those fish feel that pressure of losing the safety, right? So then they shoot to where they've got something overhead so you can condense them. Um, not, not, Not just in the holes in the eddies, but if you're at an area that's tidal, Absolutely. You can condense them under docks where they're just going to be stacked up underneath there. Absolutely. And that goes, you know, that goes without saying, that goes with anything on a low tide. If you have a tree that's down in the water, you know, that's showing on the low tide. Yep. On the, on the low tide and it's showing up on, let's say, a flat, but it's also going down into a channel or whatever. Mm-hmm. You can damn sight sure they're going to be stacked up on the end of that fucking tree. Yep. But then you can also transition that to when that get, that tree gets covered by water on the incoming. Mm-hmm. You can continue fishing that tree because fish are then going to stack up on that flat and on that structure that's on the fucking flat. Right. And and, and I know we shifted a little bit, which is awesome. Um, it, and it's completely fine. But uh, I, I think it's important for folks who haven't fished the title to realize um, that I'm no expert, um, but I'm the not fish are, <laughs> the the, the they're going to position different to that tide. Meaning um, like I found like one, I found my fish love flow, right? They just want to feel water flow no matter what. When you hit that slack tide on either side, it's garbage. If there's no flow to that river, they don't bite. Slack tide's always bad for a bite. Yeah. I mean, any, any, any salted fisherman will tell you that any salted yep. fisherman are just, they'll just wait through a slack tide. before. Yeah. They yeah. There's no reason it. to fish. There, there's, <laughs> But but as that water starts flowing, it's positioning your properly to the flow. What works coming is not going to work on the outgoing tide. They're going to be positioned on the other side of it. It's got to win. Well, they they definitely do reposition on on flow. They they one hundred percent they do. But don't sleep. Don't ever sleep on the fact that you know. Say you have a tree coming out off the bank that's you know flooded timber, and you know, the flow's coming out and you're thinking, oh, they're on the other side of that tree because that's where the flow's going. You know, they're mm-hmm. waiting on the other side of that tree to ambush. Yes, they are. But don't ever sleep on the fact that on the front of that tree, there's an eddy where that water's hitting that tree. 
Don't ever sleep on that. And almost 10 times out of 10, in that small eddy on the front of that tree, oh, man. Is where your biggest fish is. I was about to say, because that's probably the primest spot. It's um, the primest spot. Right, right. And usually your bigger fish are going to take your prime ambush usually, spots, right? Always. Your bigger fish are always going to take the prime spot, Alex. Oh, Not man. Usually. Always. And See, this is what I'm saying, folks. Because it's first in line. It's right. first in line. He's got access to whatever's hitting there before whatever's on the other side is going to fucking pick it up. Listen, folks, this is what I'm talking about. That That's a really good point. And you know what? I'm definitely guilty of, depending on the tide, oh, I'm not going to hit that spot because they're going to be on the other side or only hit the, you wow. know what I mean? Now, that's a really any, good point to hit it's that with kind any of. Structure, it's with any structure and flow, Alex. Anytime water's hitting something, there's always an eddy. Sometimes it's visible. Sometimes mm-hmm. it is not. But it's always fucking there. So don't ever sleep on the fact that you have to hit the other side of that log because you're missing a big fucking fish. Man, 100% of the time. That's super interesting and making me rethink a couple spots that I miss. And I, I think to talk about it, so I think some people are also intimidated by tidal water too, right? Like um, it, it can be difficult. Um, because a tide can be just be against you, right? Like sure, we talked absolutely. about, like you, your fishing time could be dictated on the tide, right? If it's going to be slack when you can go out, well, you're kind of screwed. You're gonna have to make it work. But I feel like sometimes compared to a lake, like, because we have that flow, the water's always, for the most part, flowing, right? Except always for those slack moving. times. Always moving one way or the other. Right, so it's not moving is on the slack tide, and it's even kind of even moving then. But remember, remember this too as well. You might see that tide moving on top at the end of it, mm-hmm. at the end of the high or low. You might see it moving on top and think, "Oh, that tide's still going out. That tide's still coming in." That's not the case. It's not dead the on case. the bottom. It's dead. It's got motherfuckers moving, moving in underneath, underneath of you. You can't see what, mm-hmm. what it's bringing in under, underneath. So always keep that in mind as well. I also think it's super important uh, for tidal fishermen. Uh, so like winds, I've definitely early on fishing the river. I was very much like, okay, so we had winds ripping through and they're opposite of what the tides are projected, but I was going with the winds but I think it depends on what water depth you're trying to hit that fish at. Like maybe at the top because you're getting that, you know, that top maybe one foot moving. But the winds, for the most part, your wind current isn't going to dictate as much as a tidal current. Like if you're on a lake, on a lake, a lot of it's dictated by wind current. But tidal right. river tides are going to be like 75 to 80 percent of your water movement. Well, and, and it all depends on how hard is the wind. I've seen the fucking tide be held out because of wind and right. I've seen the tide be pushed in because of wind, but don't sleep on the wind either. One of my dad's oldest friends was a, a Chesapeake Bay waterman for his entire life till the day he died. He was an oyster diver, mm-hmm. but he, but he also did hook and line. And he said something to me profound one day and it holds true. <clears throat> and especially in smaller bodies. Whatever bank the wind's blowing up on, that's where your bait fish are going to be. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yep. Yep. So don't sleep on the wind either. All right. Let's get back to jigs, man. So for jigs, let's say you're a noob and your name is Alex from Swamp Rat Fishing like I am. Um, What would be your – all right. 
Let's start with this first. What would be your like? I'm just getting into it. Give me a good all around rod real line combo to start throwing jigs. And I want to know what is the style of jig you would throw first. All right. So I'm going <laughs> my go to jig and rod is seven three, mm-hmm. medium heavy, fast action. I got a seven six, extra heavy, extra fast. Uh, but but as far as getting in the cover and shit like that, my go-to is a 7.3 heavy, fast action. Now, I caught shit for this, and I have since varied, but not so much. I use them both now, and I'm definitely now leaning more towards 4.0 than Braid. But mostly, I would fish Braid. Okay. But now I'm heavily leaning towards more fluoro just because it's the presentation and for a number of reasons, it's, it's, I feel that it's better. So I would do seven, three medium heavy, something with some fast action. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to use braid, I wouldn't go no more than 60 pound, no less than 30. If you're going to use fluoro, I wouldn't go no more than 20 pound. No less, unless you're doing a finesse presentation, no less than 12 or 15, let's say. Um, as far as jigs go, you know, it all depends on the situation. It's always, you know, football jigs. I just don't fish many football jigs because my bottom's not, my bottom doesn't dictate that. I like a pitching and a flipping jig just because I got a shit ton of structure and they come over it better. Mm-hmm. Um, Swim jigs are probably your easiest to learn on. And a swim jig, (laughs) they are. They're your easiest to learn. It's cast and retrieve. It's like a spinnerbait. But you can fit. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to pigeonhole yourself to cast and retrieve a swim jig. You can jig that motherfucker off the bottom. You can definitely throw a swim jig in cover. If it's a proper swim jig, it'll have the right kind of head for it to go in cover so don't sleep on a swim jig and don't just fucking retrieve that motherfucker fish it like a fucking jig so i would say go with, swim, go with a swim jig first right go from there then get to your pitching and uh flipping styles as far as pitching goes like you know a lot of that is you, uh, it, it, you know, you, you, you ideally, optimally, you want to be in a stand up position and be able to pitch, you know, into a spot, which, mm-hmm. you know, in a kayak, you can stand up in my canoe. I now can stand up and I find myself doing a lot more pitching now than what I used to, but you can cast into it. Just remember this. If you're busting through cover, you got to have something fucking heavy. Mm-hmm. If you're busting through cover with something heavy from, let's say, 40 feet away, when that thing fucking is hitting that cover and busting through, it's causing a lot of disturbance, which is kind of taken away from what you're trying to do. If you're pitching that thing in there, it's not causing a bunch of disturbance. It's sneaking in. It's going in stealth mode. It's sinking down in. It's not hitting the pad hard, and it's not scaring those fucking fish away, especially this time of year when fish are fickle. Mm -hmm. So just keep that in mind. Try to, if you are going to cast long distance with a jig, try to keep your cast low. Try not to fucking rainbow that motherfucker so when it does hit, it's going to fucking, you know, cause all kinds of noise and disturbance and and shit like that. (sighs) 
So, so we covered those, and you said you were you're gonna go with the cat uh, swim jig first, casting, football jig. Somebody starting out. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, what would you so for that? So let's go. Let's go with the swim jig. What trailer are you gonna use on that? I, I know I have my opinions on those, but uh, um, I do some kind of kite tech, some kind of paddle tail, something that's gonna, you know, displace a little bit of water. But I mean, you can use fucking like. I'm not even gonna say the name, but you know, a, a crawfish with a little yep. bit of, you know, wavy action on the. Fly. I almost said fucking fucking cunt hair Steve Parks fucking name. <laughs> suck a turd out of my asshole. Anyway, fucker. Anyway, um, yeah. So, I mean, you know, you can definitely use you know your 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 crawfish or or your um. Um, uh, stretching lines gave me some shit. Hold on, that I that I do have on a swim right. jig, and I, and I plan on I plan on throwing it. I can't remember what it's called, but it's right here. Give me a second, cause it's killer on a swim jig. It's like a double. Uh... Where are we at? Lay here. I'm looking forward to this, motherfucker. I don't know if you can see that. You see that? Oh, yeah, yeah. The little, uh, the the menace style, yeah. Yeah, it's like a beaver tail or something, but it's split. Mm-hmm. Like that, they're great on a swim jig. They're also great on a chatterbait as well, or on a fucking, uh, mm-hmm. on a bladed jig. But, um, yeah, shit like that on a swim jig, fucking fantastic. So, so I'll differ with Lockwood here. Um, if there's, I'm not a big f- expert on jigs. I do feel like I know swing jigs pretty well. The Kitech recommendation, I would actually stay away from the Kitech for uh, new folks. I would go with something rigid. So I like the X-Zone uh, Swammer, something like that, because when you use a more rigid uh, paddle tail, it's going to add that secondary motion to the swim jig head. So instead of just getting that paddle tail, you're going to start getting head movement, which is going to cause your swim jig to hunt which is it's really not supposed to right that thing's supposed to ride straight through but if you can get that thing to hunt it looks a little more natural i agree with um, you. i mean uh, kitex work great but i feel like more uh if you consistently want to catch more fish on a swim jig um something rigid um i think uh what is it x-zone or x-zone has a swammer and then the, what's that other brand there's another brand and I can't remember, but something that um, when you hold it up, the whole thing isn't flopping all the way over. Right, right. right. Like when you I hold agree. that tail up, you're, you're you're just getting a little bit of a bend. Uh, River to Sea D Walker is another really good one. That was a little more spendy. I don't get it because it's way too fucking expensive for me. Um, but I think those are all good choices, and it's definitely good to go to the crawl on those two, depending on the profile that you want to get. So I I'll show you one of my killers from last year with the swim jig and this is late summer is the, of course the of course the beast coast the beast coast gorilla and gorilla I, swim jig number one out there i trailed it i trail it with a miyagi can you see that i can see that that's a big profile it's big it's that's a big, a big profile. profile don't get me wrong but they fucking smash the fuck out of it and you can bounce that motherfucker you can do your cast and retrieve you know and, and have it undulate through the water but mm-hmm. you can let that fit. You can let that thing sink. Bam! Hit the water, and then rip it back up. Bam! Bam! So I I caught it. I caught a lot of good fish on that that setup 
last summer, and I'm looking forward to using it again. I like it. Um, so so we covered. So that would be the the basic setup. So let's say somebody wanted to kind of go past the basics, right? Back past that all around. So you recommended first the swim jig, and then you said the casting jig. When are you going to bring in that finesse jig? Is that even an option for you? Or I mean, I said my seven three was my go to, and it is. Okay. The the setup I use ninety five percent of the time is a finesse setup. A jig finesse setup. And that kind of segues what I was going back into earlier about keeping your rod tip high. Mm-hmm. When I'm using a finesse setup, I keep my rod tip kind of high because it's small, because it's a small hook. So I use, so when I set the hook on that fish, so traditionally when you're dragging, you're tight lining, okay? Mm-hmm. Meaning that you're, you know, you're, you're, there's no slack in your line. So when I'm finesse fishing, jig finesse fishing, uh, when I set the hook, I slack line set the hook. Because it's such a small fucking lure, it's mm-hmm. a small hook, I want to be able to fucking pull that it's... hook through that fish's mouth. Instead of reeling up, feeling yeah. the bite, and then setting the hook, I want to be able to snap that hook into that fucking fish's mouth. And that's with the three aught. Uh, talking about that three eighths uh, hustler jig, right? I'm talking about the quarter ounce on six or eight pound test. Okay, ounce. yeah, the quarter ounce. Okay. Yep, I'm talking about quarter ounce three eighths. Yes, but mostly when you go to the quarter ounce with the quarter ounce, when I set the hook, I give it slack before yeah. I set the hook. Now I'm tight lining all the way back, but when I feel that bump, I'll give it. You know, I'll give that rod a little, to, I'll point that tip down and give that line a little bit of slack. And then I don't know if you can see, but I'll do, oh, I'll do the over, <laughs> my ceiling thing. Anyway, the, I'll do the over. Don't under break technique. that rod, man. Don't break. I'll do the over under technique. So where my okay. hand is on the, on underneath, mm-hmm. at, up here on the real seat. And then my hand is on the top here at the butt. And I pull that, I snap that that lure through that fish fish's mouth and you're doing that with is uh that one's not on braid right that's with fluorocarbon that's with six or eight pound fluoro six pound fluoro i'm going tattoo seagull or seagull tattoo eight anything above that i'm going with sunline right. uh, the highest i go is 10 pound look this whole thing is is all new to me but i've done my homework and it's since last year it's produced some fucking amazing fish for me yeah, dude, you've been killing it. Like those fish coming out of that uh, that system, out of that Chester, have been amazing. And 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 it makes me really makes me wonder what fish I've missed over the years by not using this super fine finesse technique. Right. You know what I mean? It makes me kind of cringe to think about <laughs> what what bite I haven't felt. Yeah, I so <laughs> you know what? That's uh. Yeah, that's that's a scary thing, right? So, like, kind of like straight power fishing, like, kind of eats at me because I always think about like, what did I miss? I'm a guy that does like to just mop up an area, right? I'm not just looking for the biggest one. I want the biggest one. Obviously, we all do, but I also want to catch anything. Um, and maybe that's a problem. Transitioning to that jig, 
but we're fixing that. But uh, but when it gets to those points where you're like, dude, there was big ones because there is, I feel like a fine line when it goes when it comes to power fishing, right? When you go from where you're just trying to catch aggressive fish, but then your big fish aren't that aggressive. They're, well, they're old. Not. They're, they're smart. They're not, and they're big for a reason. Yeah. And they're not that aggressive. Now, there's times where they are, especially heavily into the post-spawn, late right. June. Right. You know, they'll chase a spinnerbait. You know, they'll chase a spinnerbait sometimes. At some, Like, the only time, I'll tell you this, Alex, the only time I really power fish, and again, this is just me, I'll throw on a chatterbait or a rattle trap or a spinnerbait. You can look in my tackle box right now. If I have four spinner baits, I, I don't have one. Um, <laughs> and I'll fan cast. You know what I mean? I'll fan cast the shit out of an area. I'll fan cast. And then I'll fucking split those differences. And then I'll split those differences. And then I'll, you know, if I catch one or two fish, I'll, I'll, I'll pinpoint where I caught the biggest out of the two. And then that's then when I switch up and I go fine on them. See, and then I start dissecting that motherfucker. Right. So, so what you just is, is what is like the trouble in my head, right? Like I can't, man, when I get to an area, thank God I'm in a kayak, not in a boat. Cause I just be burning gas for no reason. Like at least I have the restriction that I can't go far. Uh, but I, I like to pick apart an area. And until Absolutely. I found this swimming jig, I had like zero confidence in moving baits. Right. right to be right. honest. Right. Because I figured right. like, well, there's got to be something big that I'm missing. And so I like right now, my one, two punch is still that flick shake or it's swim jig into a flick shake. Right. But I want to add that jig and why we're talking about this now. Right. It's because you're adding um, you're adding something that is, yes, power fishing. Right. You're going to get the bigger fish. But but in a way, it's almost finesse, because what you're doing is you're trying to be more natural you're trying well, to be more realistic you are you are but what you're really adding to it is the pre is the uh is the pre-programmed reaction bite okay that you're going to get out of a big fish with a jig um not saying they're not pre-programmed they hit sure. a worm they are right but they're they're more likely and this is just me they're more likely to hit something that looks like a crave crawfish mm-hmm. than they are a fucking worm. I gotcha. I, I mean, I get it. I understand the science on it, and I, I'm excited that I'm getting into it. Like, like I said today, I caught a crappie on a jig, a three eight ounce jig, which is pretty awful, but pretty awesome in the other sense because there's a fat crappie. But hey, you I caught felt like something. I, you caught what's something. That? You caught oh yeah, something. I caught something. That's what matters. Yeah. Well. Even if I didn't catch that, I was okay with the trip because I felt like I gained a shit ton of confidence in like, okay, that's what. So the lake I fished today, River X, where I normally fish, not a lot of timber. It's mostly grass um, and docks, kind of where I concentrate my fishing at there, right? Um, but where I fished today uh, at the lake, uh, a crap ton of timber. And I got to feel what that timber feels like instead of just setting into every single log you know what i mean such key brother that is such key man is to feel be able to feel all of that is and dude i translated what you said like i felt that timber and i sat for a minute and then did a light lift yep you know what i mean yep yeah exactly because and and in my head again i I think 
Exactly. Again, I, I take to this like the jig is a big fish catching machine. I'm not going to categorize it into power fishing because I think there's so much not. intricate work that's involved again, it's and that's finesse. intimidating. It's but, finesse all the way. It's finesse right. all the way. I don't care how big the jig is. You're still finessing that thing over, through, and fucking across shit. Yeah. I love and, it. And, and don't sleep on this either, Alex. When you come up to a piece of structure and you feel it hit, mm-hmm. don't immediately pull that motherfucker up right away. My thing right. is, I'll fucking, I'll feel it, let it hit, and then I'll let it drop back down. Yeah, that's what I was doing up, today. Yeah. Pull it back up, let it hit it a couple times. The pros call it ticking. Okay. I don't, I don't, I don't know. But, you know, I was doing it long before I knew what the pros call it. So I'll beat, I'll knock on that board a couple times. Doom, doom, mm-hmm. doom. Then I'll pull it up over and let it fucking fall. Let it sit. Let it soak. Let that motherfucker soak. Don't be too earnest. Don't be too anxious. The longer you let it soak, the better off you fucking are. I like it, man. Um, there's a couple more points I want to hit. Uh, so we, we talked about trailers a little bit, right? Are you looking for, like, when do you switch from the subtle, super realistic to the super aggressive trailers in a couple weeks. Okay. In a couple weeks on that heavy post. So the heavy post, are you running that also through the whole summer? Or are you going back no. down? No, because the hotter it gets, the more finickier they get to me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, on, on that heavy post, I'll go to, instead of trimming my trailers down, so they're tucked back in, I'll put the full motherfucker on there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, uh, I, I mean, those big fish, they're hungry on that on that heavy post, and they don't want to waste their time, you know what I mean? So I, and, I'll, give them, I'll give them the biggest meal I can, you know what I'm saying? And then when are you putting it back on? Fall time? Um, July, you know, late July, August, or, or fall, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it really, so a little bit in the fall as it gets you know, it starts to change a little bit, but mm-hmm. really, it's really for me. Really, it's just you know that that post spawn, that heavy post spawn. Okay. But then after that, then after that, man, I'm trying to be as subtle, subtle, and as fucking sneaky as I possibly can. Sneaky, commend them underwater robberies. I, I mean, it's just what it is. Yeah. Hold on, I got to plug my phone in. Wow. But yeah, man, I mean, again, it's just my fucking analysis of it. I could be completely fucking wrong. And I'm sure there's going to be people on here that are going to say I am wrong. You're more than welcome to. It's just what I've produced fish on. I I think there's not going to be as many as you think, man. You have a way of breaking this down. Not It's not like you're regurgitating what we all hear on the Internet. And see, you're breaking it down into layman turns, and I really appreciate that. Um, I think it's amazing, man. I, I think this is a good foundation for a lot of folks to get into gig fishing. Now, if you fucking boys want to get into some serious shit, get yourself some serious finesse gear. When I say serious finesse gear, get yourself some. Don't, don't you put that thing in the fan again. I, did you see me look up? I saw you see. <laughs> I, I used to work on sailboats and one of the terms was look up before you hook up before you fuck yep. up before you've heard that. Um, you want to get in some serious finesse, get yourself a real finesse pole, something seven foot or smaller, 
something light action or ultralight action, something fast or extra fast action, and then start looking for a finesse bait caster. And I took the lie, unspooled this. Hopefully you guys can see I had to re-spool it anyway. My lighter fluoro, I try to keep re-spooled, especially when you get into that, you know, six, eight pound test. You know, I'll fish it for a week or so, and then I'm taking it off and fucking respooling it. Because with this setup, I don't know if, how well you can see it. Hey, hey and just so for, for the listeners on audio, uh, uh, Lockwood here is describing BFS. Is that correct? Yeah, so this is a BFS setup. So hold on. Give me one second, Alex. Yeah. I hope you guys are enjoying this. Um, when we were talking about swim jigs, too, um, pretty sure this video is going to come out after the other one. So look for it on my channel uh, on YouTube, Swamp Rat Fishing. Uh, but I, I'm putting out a video where I kind of break down swim jig fishing and what to look for. Kind of you can see where I'm casting and uh, we catch some hogs off it. So, all right, Cody, what you got? So with this setup. Okay. Oh, that's a shallow spool. Yeah. See how shallow that spool is? Yeah. I'm going to pull it. So this is a Abu Revo LTX BF8 finesse, strictly finesse setup. It is JDM, only available in Japan, Japanese market, but you can find them readily and easily. But can you see that spool? There we go. Right there. There we go. Oh, wow. Man, what's that hold, like 75 yards, if that? So this spool weighs 1.2 grams. Okay. It's holding about 80 yards of 8-pound test fluoro. Okay. Just just to give you an idea. And you're throwing those finesse jigs on that. Throwing super small finesse jigs. And this is what I caught that big fish on the other day on that little small finesse worm. Okay. So just to give you an idea, super small spool. Super shallow spool, super light spool, super well, light line. It well, why are you throwing that instead of a spinning combo? <laughs> we had this conversation the other day on the chat. Why, I why know. Would want, why would you <laughs> want to throw a spinning combo? Okay. I mean, what's the advantages? What's the advantages of a spinning combo over a casting combo? Uh, so I will. I don't think I brought this up in chat. The drag pull on a spinning combo is. Far smoother and superior than a bait casting. You think? I do. Uh-huh. Due to so a bait casting, physically or physics wise, um, because of how the line weighs, it works like a winch where you're using power to bring the line in or whatever the item is, right? While a spinning rod does not. It's got a very loose drag on it it doesn't use the winch mechanism to bring it in so this setup here i got Mm -hmm. maximum 11 pounds of drag okay i can bring that down to absolutely fucking nothing right um i keep the drag set super light on it alex super light adjust accordingly yeah um you know we had this conversation my dog is such a fucking fatty we have (laughs) Sitting there with her head in her food bowl. We had this conversation <laughs> the other day on the chat, and you know, there, there, I am going to still use a spinning combo, but I, I'm to the point now to where I don't ever see, I don't see where I even have to use a spinning combo, especially getting into this, mm-hmm. going down this BFS hole. 
it's just far more to me it's far more superior as far as your hook sets go you have that more direct hook set you know the line the the, the eyes of the, the pole almost go all the way down to the fucking reel yep um it's a more direct hook it's a more direct hook set and you can you know your retrieval rates vast vary from a a a a a, a bait caster to mm-hmm. I mean what's the match you're going to get retriever rate out of a spinning reel 6 to like, 1 oh 6 to 1 that's like unheard of basically but yeah and that's yeah, I mean, a that's, huge fucking spool as well yeah. so to me but I I, I will say just the physics of it you got to be careful because so let's say you get a big fish on a BFS rod I think you have more of a chance of of breaking that thing off to be honest I think if you know how to set your drag, you don't. Hmm. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now. Yeah. I'm going to fall fish big fucking bully stripers with this thing this year. You I want to see it. I want to see it. All right. See, I have full confidence I could land a 30-inch striper on that setup I just showed you. Oh, we, full confidence. we are. You know what? We're going to put it right here on the podcast. Six-pack of cold. Frosty adult beverages on if that happens. With no problem. With no problem. Effortlessly. <laughs> All right, man. Let's close wrapping this up. As we do with every show. Are you ready for rapid fire? Let's have it. Crocs versus sandals. Jesus called said he wants them both back. I barefoot. You you be hard pressed. <laughs> you be hard pressed to see me in a pair of shoes from now till September, bro. Listen, if you guys follow him, you'll see those pics. You know he is not lying right there. My feet uh, are so you- fucked up. It's not even funny. It looks like I'm fucking homeless. Uh, cover or structure? What do you fish more? Structure. Uh, structure. You said. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, would you rather catch one seven pounder or five two pounders in a one, two hour one session? Seven, one, one seven. seven. Uh, you've got to pick a member. Is it Wild Bill? Is it Andrew or is it Ken? Oh, come on, man. What the fuck? I don't know. I like all three of them. Listen, I man, like you got to pick a favorite. I Those like you are dead to. I, nope. I, like I like how Ken is just way down on the DL and fucking comes in and out like a fucking mass marauder when he does. I like how Drew talks like he's got marbles in his mouth but fucking gets the fucking point across. <laughs> and, but Ken, Drew, sorry, man. If I had to pick one, it had to go. I had to go with Billy because just because he's fucking Billy, for one, for Team two, Billy. Said, sir, sir, just, uh, share the same namesake because that's who I'm named after. My dad was... Uh, hero was um, Wild Bill Hickok, so he named me, you know, Bill William Cody Van Zandt, Wild Bill, and that's that's kind of my namesake. So we kind of got that little, you know, that little uh, string attached right there. So I, listen, I, I, it seemed very well, politician like, like you had a lot of excuses, but <laughs> it's official. Lockwood is Team Bill, <laughs> and then, sorry, and then Ken. Fi- sorry Ken, sorry Drew, you guys are a fucking shit. I mean, fuck, man. I've, I've been put on the spot. I'm sorry. And then to finish it out, brother, I don't know how this has become what I like to finish these out on. You ready for this? Let's Your top it. three sandwich proteins. I'd have to say my first one would be like a good capicola. Oh, buddy. 
I love a salami. <laughs> I love salami. And either Black Forest or Honey Ham. All right, brother. I, those are all solid choices. I uh, I don't know why this has become my new infatuation like and why I ended it. Because everybody's different. I, I think it actually started with Bobby Rose Beef. Because <laughs> I thought he was going to say Rose Beef, and he didn't. Bobby All right. Curtains. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Cody. Alex. It's been great having you on, brother. Awesome, bro. Had a great time. Love you, again. Love you man. All right, everybody, make sure you uh, leave a review wherever you watch this. If you don't, I don't really give a shit either. We're going to keep doing it. So, uh, everybody, have a good night. Hook set for life, baby. I'll talk to you all soon.